Welcome to The Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear the story of someone strong enough to bear it all. The Naked Podcaster is a representation of freeing yourself, giving you permission to be real in all your quirkiness, baggage, struggles to success, and tragedy to triumph. I'm so excited you're joining the journey. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello, welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Today I have Martha Petrashevsky. I really did try to not watch that. No, Petrashevsky. Pretty good? That's right. You got but it. you go by Martha Riley, which we can all pronounce. So welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. It was kind of raining all day today. So this is a nice little end cap of the day. Yeah, happy Memorial Day. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> Memorial Day. So tell me what you do now. I have your website up and it's really funny. So dive in and just share with me all about that. Yeah, I host a podcast and it's called Shit You Need to Know. And it's a podcast really for millennials trying their best to figure out their life because there is so much shit that they don't teach you in school and stuff that, you know, is going on in the world today that we don't know about that we should know about. So really, the podcast was sort of born out of my coworker asking me a question. Well, it was born out of a couple things, but one of them is my coworker asked me a question. She's like, Martha, I'm about to turn 26. I don't know what to do about health insurance. Because at that age, you switch over from, you know, you get off your parents and you have to get your own. And I was like, okay, well, like, I go to the doctor a lot. And not for anything bad. I just, you know, have a lot of issues sometimes. But um, I was like, okay, well, like, how much do you go to the doctor? What prescriptions do you have? Like, is it just birth control? Is it more than that? Um, and I realized like I knew all these things from my own experience and I was like, cool, I can totally help people learn those things. Um, so that's what I do now. Um, that is my side hustle. But as a full-time job, I work at a company called 3M up here in Minnesota. Um, you may know them as the post-it manufacturer. And I work as a free trade agreement analyst. So I help make sure items are compliant for free trade agreements and I'm falling asleep even saying that. So it's super not exciting. The podcast is the fun part of what I do. Well, it's nice to have something that pays your bills. For sure. And the title is sexy. <laughs> so that I love. Tell me how old you are right now. I am 25. I was born okay. in 94. So I have a daughter who was born in 92. So okay. I gave birth to millennials. Thank you. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing the best we can. I know. So it's, it's interesting kind of the disconnect, like you said, about the health insurance, because I raised my kids very specifically so that they would know what they needed to do when they left home. Mm -hmm. Having said that, every one of them leaves home. They think they have all their, they know everything. I am an asshole and I have no life experience and I'm wrong. And they move out and then every single one of them moves back in and that conversation goes something like oh my god i had no idea and you're so right so even when you have parents who really prepare you and are a massive safety net for whatever reason that's mm -hmm. difficult so tell me about that i'm moving back in with my mom too <laughs> so i am i am right there with your kids i think well my mom was definitely the type of person, and I grew up in a happy family. They didn't get divorced until I was in college, and we can talk about that later, but 
they were very much like not always there just because they were working parents. And so my mom's like, okay, you need to call the doctor yourself. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've never done that. So I was like making doctor appointments when I was 16. And I was like doing all these things, making sure that, you know, I had the health insurance. I found rent, you know, places to rent in college by myself. I was doing all that. And I know some kids like who didn't do any of that. But at the end of the day, it's a different generation and things just kind of get expensive or your parents did a really great job, but maybe they missed that one key piece of information. Like for me, it was the money thing. I, they, we were not great at talking about money. And here I find myself moving to my parents' house to save money because I spent too much. So I think it just depends. Like parents can be really great, but I think it's a really huge burden to have to try to teach everything about everything to your kids. So, you know, you did great. I'm sure you did great. But... <laughs> I did. I did awesome. <laughs> she, she moved into her first college like apartment mm-hmm. and um, the other girls there, it was four girls. And one, one of the other girls was like, oh yeah. So the dryer, you have to do it like three times because it just doesn't dry. Yeah. She called me and she's like, Jesus Christ, mom, I checked the lint trap and it was so full. I had to call maintenance to help me hose it, like suck it out. And oh it wasn't the dryer. Like are they, are they totally idiots? Like they had no idea there was a lint trap in the dryer. That's funny. I know that even when you send kids out, I think one of the things I'm noticing about the millennial generation is that you guys are one of the first generations that really grew up with um, internet and Mm -hmm. social media and what everybody else's life looks like. And I imagine it's really hard to go out in the world. And I think money is probably one of the single biggest problems. And, and, have it all figured out. Yeah, totally. Just a quick note on the lint trap thing. My mom, as we were growing up, she wrote on the wall of our of our laundry room, you need to take this out, otherwise it will catch fire. Fire, yes, yes, yes. it catches on fire. So to this day, I know, take the lint trap out. It's the one thing I took away. But yeah, I think to your point about growing up with the internet, I think it's super interesting because it's it can be really great and it can really suck at times. So I'm trying to take you know, the social media approach that, okay, I'm going to share my life how it is right now. It's not always perfect. Sometimes I'll post pictures without makeup because I, I'm not wearing makeup now. I usually don't wear makeup. But today, and it's funny, today I just posted a picture of me. I was in a wedding last weekend, all dolled up. Like I had my hair done, fake eyelashes on, and it got so many likes. So I think it's just, it's so weird to see what people like and what they don't like. And I think that can really mess with your head too. But it's also like the internet is great for, you know, learning fast things. Like if I don't know something, I can just look it up. And so, I mean, I hope people don't just look up things and not listen to my podcast, but I think for that quick fix, it's super awesome. Um, But it is also very destructive. But I've, I've done many powerful things because of the internet. So I think it's worked for me, but I know that some people really you know, they'll take it personally if they don't, you know, start their business or something or they see a model. Um, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but I think one thing that I, a lesson that I learned recently was that I was looking at a plus size model on Instagram and I was just curious. So I like went to the agency page and looked up her measurements. Um, if you didn't know that, you can do that about models. They have all their me- measurements there, which is kind of sick and gross, but we were the exact same size. And I'm like, am are you am I plus size like I don't get it I don't get it like no 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 I'm not like I'm only a size 10 that's fine that's fine that's fine 
So I think in that case, I maybe I went a little bit too far. But I had like a, I was like, holy shit, like, okay, Martha, calm down. It's okay. You're perfect <laughs> and beautiful just the way you are. But yeah, I think it can get crazy sometimes, but it's also really good. It is. And I think you, you mentioned something else too. You said both your parents worked, so you were more independent and they made you do certain things. I think if you grew up with both parents working, which a lot of millennials did, or single parents, if they're not making you do things and holding you accountable for the doctor's appointments and stuff like that, you're not learning them. If you're not writing empty the lint trap or it catches on fire, you guys are not learning this. So I think that there's, there's this balance of maybe not learning as much and being independent, but not necessarily in a good way. And then having such an inundation on social media and what life should be like mm -hmm. that, you know, when you move out, it's not shrimp scampi and filet mignon. You can't put anything in the cart in the grocery store. And until you get out there and you're like, oh my God, I can't do any of the stuff I thought, you know, like, yeah, you probably aren't going to gonna keep getting your nails done and paying no. rent. It's trial by fire. <laughs> it is. And it's a different world than when I came out because we weren't, we, I mean, really, we didn't have as many choices mm -hmm. and we didn't have as much information. So you guys are struggling with more, but it is a really good thing too. So the question happened with the medical insurance and you had the answer. So when did you actually decide, oh, I should, I know, I know all the things. And if I don't know all the things, I'm really good at finding out. Yes. So that is exactly my whole brand. So it, it's actually kind of an interesting story. So around, I guess we can go back to like December of 2017, I hired my first life coach and I was like, I don't even know what a life coach is, but my older coworker told me that she hired one and her life was good. So I was like, all right, give it a shot. Uh, so I hired my first life coach and she was good. We like learned a lot of things about myself. Like, okay, I don't like my job. What can I do? And I saw the power of like what she taught me. So like affirmations and like writing down what you want, manifestation, and then like doing all the inner work. So since December, 2017, I've always had a coach. Um, and one of them introduced me to Tony Robbins. And this was before all that stuff that just happened, which is very complicated, but, um, she introduced me to Tony Robbins. And so I bought a ticket to his live event and I was like, okay, cool. This, you know, I'm going by myself to Chicago for a weekend. I don't really know what's going to happen, but we'll give it a shot. And that event was so transformational and I loved it. And I, you know, like it, he sucks people in really. And so I was like, okay, great. I'm going to do things. I'm going to change the world. So I hired another life coach and I wasn't like making progress on any goals because I don't think I really had goals at the time. So I bought another ticket to another Tony Robbins event. And this one was his like big one. So this, this one was Day with Destiny, um, the subject of his Netflix documentary. And this is like six days in Florida. All my friends are like, you're going to Florida? Cool. I'm like, no, nah, man, I didn't see this on. We were there from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m. some days. So it was long. And I went by myself again, and I made friends there. So that wasn't an issue. But really, I think during the fourth or fifth day, we did a visualization and meditation exercise. And he was like, okay, like, just let it come to you. And at this point, you're so fucking tired. Like I was eating bagels. Like this is what I packed two bagels, some cheese and crackers. Um, I think I had fruit snacks and then like goldfish. And that was it. That's what I ate for six days. Cause you, there's no food really. The first real meal I had 
we we had time on the fifth day to go out and eat so i had panera that was the first meal but it, during this meditation a word came to me and that was the word teacher so i'm like okay well i don't want to be like a school teacher so what else does that mean so i you know i kept meditating um and i was like and then the word like book came through and i was like well i don't really want to write a book yet i don't think i have enough life experience but then i was like what if i do a podcast and so i thought like that was the happy medium so i came back from you know that experience i was talking to my life coach and i was like hey i got this idea to start a podcast and she's like cool just go for it i'm like well i don't know how so i had to <laughs> research all that and then start it and just go for it run run with it i was like i told people about it and i was like hey can you help me out do you know anyone who might be you know interested to interview people or like have me interview them um, and I was lucky enough to have so many people be like oh yeah yeah we know things that we can tell the millennial audience um, and through that I've just met so many interesting people and had such a great time so that's how the podcast was born kind of a long story but it was really out of this desire I had to teach people and connect with people because you can do that you know on Instagram but you need to have like a personality component to it and then like bringing the live you know me talking that's the personality i think i'm i think i'm funny so it works out you are funny your website is super funny with the podcast on it so i also did the immersion by fire mm -hmm. with the podcast and you have to learn all things and once you do it you realize well it's not that hard but there are these steps and you know i mean it's for people who have always wanted to write a book or want to do a podcast, just fucking do it. I mean, it's yeah. really, oh, yeah. it, nothing is that hard. If all of us figured it out, you can figure it out, but you do have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. What were some of the biggest issues that you find with people your age after the life insurance? I, I've, at some point, well, actually, let's take a chance and go back. So you said okay. you grew up, parents in divorce till college. Let's go back to why, there are other reasons why you started this podcast other than people just asking you questions about yeah. and realizing. So go back. So I, I love this question and I know exactly how I'm going to answer it. Growing up, I was always kind of a black sheep. Like I liked different music. I did different sports. You know, everyone would do like soccer or they would like sing in the choir. I was on the swim team and I played violin. So like I was different um i like yeah like i like different things i had different friends i was sort of that person who went to all the different friend groups i didn't have just one because i was interested in so many different things and i was really grateful to my parents because they never limited me they were like oh you know okay you you want to read do that you want to stay inside do that um it, like i read harry potter most of my childhood um and so I still am a black sheep today. And I think that all these different things that I've tried, I've tried because I want to know. Like I got eyelash extensions one time because I wanted to know what, what it would be like. I got acupuncture because I was interested in that. I wanted to, you know, study abroad in London. So I did that. So I've always been really like unencumbered by, you know, making these types of decisions until now because I sort of ran out of money. But I think that's sort of why, you know, like I have all these different life experiences that other people haven't had. And maybe that's just because, you know, I grew up 
you know, I grew up in a white middle-class household. That already allows me some experiences. I also had great parents that sort of let, left me alone for the most part. They weren't, you know, hands off or anything, but they, they're like, okay, you do you. Like, we trust you to get to school. Here's a car. Just don't crash it. That's sort of their, ad- that's, that was their attitude on things. So having all that and like doing all these things really set me up to be a great podcaster because I can tell all my stories of how I did things. I'm not sure a podcast you would want to hear on eyelash extensions for a whole 30 minutes. Maybe you would, but I think there are other things that I've learned in like being different and being an introvert and trying to survive in an extrovert's world, I guess, that allowed me to tell my story. And I'm really thankful for that. And I've also had some other experiences in my entrepreneurial background um, that we can talk about too. But I think those were like, okay, like, People are interested in me. They like what I have to say. I did it once. I can do it again. So that's, yeah, that's sort of how it all got started. It's interesting that you talk about being an introvert, which I wouldn't have expected. Right. Right. That kind of threw me off a little bit, but, and not because of the interview, because in an interview you're expecting to be on, Mm -hmm. but just because you've been more ballsy about just like, okay, I'll just try it. You know, let's try that. I wonder what that's like. And not everybody feels that way. No. So that's a surprise to me. And it's great that you had parents that supported that and that you were the type of kid growing up that didn't abuse that, you know, that, that did cool things. And uh, I think it's awesome that you're moving back and you're getting things. I mean, like, like I said, all my kids have, it's a great option when you have it to be able to do that and have that safety net. Um, I know a lot of people in my generation, it was a sink or swim thing. And I always wanted to be able to do the safety net thing for our kids. And we have, and it's so much nicer to like, oh, you get to breathe and get it. And I also know that the second time that they move out, because they've had the experience and they kind of fell on their face a little bit, mm-hmm. and then they come back home, when they go out that next time, it, they're good. They're solid. So you experience all these different things and then you get to let other people your age know what it was like or answer those questions. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, and, and going back to the introvert point, I think, yes. I, I actually didn't realize I was introverted until someone was like, no, I don't think you're an extrovert because I'd always been self-identifying as an extrovert because I do love people. I love talking to people. But she was like, well, it's about how you get your energy. And I was like, yeah, like I need to take naps after I go out. And I was, and I was like, oh, that's not normal. Like a three hour nap isn't normal. <laughs> so that came into play. I was like, oh yeah, no, I, I'm an introvert. But I was very socialized one. I like people. Um, so yeah. I also forgot your second question. Can you answer? That's okay because we're going all over the place. We can go in a different direction. That's okay. I mean, like my husband is extroverted and he's the most antisocial extrovert I've ever met. Mm -hmm. If I can get him out the door to something, he has a great time, but you have to kick his ass literally out the door. And I'm like, like (laughs) yeah. So it's not like introvert and extroversion are cut and dry and they're only one way, but yes if you don't get energy, the three hour nap would be the giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me actually now about entrepreneurial things and college and let's go into that section yeah. of life. So 
college i went to the university of minnesota about 15 minutes from where i grew up and i like fucking resented that i was so close to home i was like i needed to go out and like do things and i was very like upset at myself for not going farther away um i think i still am a little bit i had a great time but i think i really wanted to like experience something new rather than a city i pretty much grew up in so that was interesting. I was already coming in with that like negative mindset. And additionally, I had a high school boyfriend that I took in with, you know, I took into college. So he was a senior of high school and then I was a freshman in college. So I spent all my time freshman year like talking to him and I made no friends. Like I was so friendless. Um, and I didn't make it better. Like for three months, I had to use a cane because I had like a weird foot thing. Like I hurt my foot and I couldn't put all my weight on it. So I used a cane. So like imagine, like I was that weird girl, like in that in the hall, who didn't spend any time with any of the other girls and who had a cane. So two strikes against me. <laughs> um, but then because of that, actually, I started experiencing anxiety and I don't think I knew what it was until I, you know, thought about it. I'm like, okay, something's not right. And I have friends that have never had problems with anxiety and they're like, can you describe it for me? And I'm like, well, it feels like a black cloud sort of hangs around you. And even when it's sunny and you're around people and smiling, you don't actually feel that. You still feel sad. Um, so I went to therapy as a freshman in college and I was so embarrassed like I was like I hope I don't see anyone in the waiting room like I would die if I saw someone um I didn't but I made it through but the therapy was so instrumental in like setting me up for the rest of college because if I didn't have that like who knows like I still would have had like anxiety been a little bit of depressed and so that was really great for me to you know set myself up um eventually I broke up with the boyfriend and well, he broke up with me, semantics, but um, we broke up and then I studied abroad in London for four months. I went by myself, so that was really cool. I had a lot of great experiences there. So I come back junior year. I'm like, okay, first two years, meh. Like year and a half, I didn't do so hot. I wasn't doing so hot in school, didn't, do, didn't get good grades. When my mom asked me, she's like, okay, we need your transcript to get you know car insurance discounts i remember telling her i was like uh are you, do you need are you sure like is there any other discounts that you can get and she's like okay tell me what's up and i was like well i don't have a 3.0 right now i got some c's in classes and i didn't do so hot and she was like oh well i didn't either so that's okay like it was totally chill and i made a way bigger deal out of it um but after you know the grade part did I, did I talk about studying? Or yeah, you mentioned that you studied abroad. You did a year and a half and then you went to London for four months to study? Yes. So, yeah. okay, I'll just kind of go back in. But, okay, so after the first two years of college, I, you know, junior year was approaching. And this is where I really got to take, like, business classes that I enjoyed because I went to school to be a business major. Um, and that was so fun for me because that's like how I use my brain. I'm like, okay, like I can get behind this strategy stuff. I can get behind all of this. It makes sense to me. So that's when I really started to do well in school. I took classes that I liked, uh, minus like, 
I think a physics class or but no, it was a biology class. Minus a biology class, the last two years of college were pretty much focused on like my major and what I wanted to do. So senior year of college, I actually took this class called Entrepreneurship in Action. And it was a year-long capstone class where you got to essentially like build a business from start to finish. So the business that I helped build, um, it was my idea, but I had a good team behind me, was we wanted to create backpacks for students, young students with autism, because they have a bunch of sensory needs that aren't necessarily met. So kids with autism you know, some fabrics can feel really scratchy or the lights can be really bright or it's super loud and they just get really overwhelmed. And especially school, like the bells are ringing. There's a lot, there's lots of kids. So we thought, okay, cool. That's like a really good, you know, like niche to fill. So these backpacks sold like hotcakes, really. We did a Kickstarter and we raised more money than I had ever seen in my life. It was like $32,000 all for these backpacks. And I was like, whoa, the support, this is crazy. Um, so we sold those and we ended up getting a lot of media attention. We were in, we started off with the Star Tribune, which is like a local Minneapolis newspaper. And then we got picked up by the HuffingtonPost.com. And I was like, holy shit, like this is crazy. So it just kept going. Like people bought these backpacks, they loved it. Um, and that's where I really got like my entrepreneurship gene. Like I was like, okay, I, I taste success. I know what this is. <laughs> Unfortunately, we ran out of money and we had to stop. But for a short, well, it was like, two and a half years we sold backpacks and no one has reached out to me saying that they hate it so hopefully they're all still using it and yeah I hope they love it that was the first like bug then for you to be an entrepreneur yes it was and I think it was because I was like in control of everything like I was designing the product I was doing the marketing I was um, talking to customers and it just made sense to me. Okay, we're solving a problem that you have and I can help solve that. And that felt really good too. That was also like an ego booster. <laughs> That's awesome. What have you done or thought about doing? Now you graduated college. Yes. To become a free trade agreement analyst for 3M. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thrilling. <laughs> what, what was your degree in? Um, supply chain management and then I double majored in entrepreneurial management which is a really cool major for a college to have that is a really cool major for a college to have what are the plans I I know we a lot of us a lot of us most of us need a job to pay the bills while we do the passion thing on the side until the thing on the side becomes enough to support and you kind of wean off one into the other so I, I'm interested to see in what ways you want to expand what you're doing. Yeah, I think that's a great question and something I don't know if I have a great answer for. I've thought about a couple things. Um, one thing that I really like to do, and this might be a funny story to tell, but I've been on a ton of dates in my life. And oh my God, I'm so excited about this. Okay, okay. go, go, yeah, go. Okay. So I've been on a ton of dates in my life and throughout this dating process, basically 
I ended a relationship with my boyfriend of three and a half years. So we dated pretty much all through college. Um, and you know, that was a lot. Like, so I sort of missed like those formidable party years. Um, so I needed to make up for lost time. Basically. I went on so many dates. Um, a lot of them I regret, uh, definitely some one night stands, which I, which I don't regret. They were pretty fun. Um, and so all throughout this, this is kind of weird, but I kept a blog. I kept a blog of all these first dates that I went on and like weird shit that they would say, weird things that I would say. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm actually kind of good at this now by the end of it. I have a, I'm in a relationship now. So I guess all of the skills that I learned along the way paid off. But I know that introverts have a really hard time dating and putting themselves out there. So I was like, okay, how can I help introverts, you know, put themselves out there, go on dates? Um, so that's what I want to do. I want to become like this sort of dating coach, not dating expert, because I think expert is a weird term, but I want to help people who don't know how to make a dating app profile or don't know what to talk about on a first date or, you know, okay, he said this, what does that mean? I'm like, then I would talk about that. So I really want to like build that up because I think it's so important to like have fun dating. Um, and I think a lot of people don't. I think uh, like at the beginning of when I was dating, I was like dead set on finding a relationship, but I didn't take the time to sort of like, you know, find myself after this relationship. I didn't know who I was. Um, I actually <laughs> went to a concert with my ex-boyfriend about two months after we broke up. Um, and I, and it was, um, Sam Smith, who's like a, you know, crooner yeah. basically. Um, and I cried the whole time. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. But <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm I'm not ready for a relationship yet. So let's just have fun. So I went on dates, met a bunch of guys. Um, and then I, yeah, I want to help people do the same thing and have fun, especially if they're coming out of relationships and maybe they've never had to use a dating app before. Because I know some people are like, Tinder, like, isn't that the hookup app? I'm like, yeah, it can be, but... You know, there's more it's very nuanced so that's what I want to do build that up and sort of weave that in with my podcasting because it's again stuff that I have experience with that other people don't um, plus I think it's just fun to tell people how to date and like do all that stuff <laughs> I can't believe you kept a journal of every first <laughs> that is like the most brilliant thing ever I know. Um, there's over 25. So <laughs> I have so many data points. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm, that would be a totally fascinating conversation to have just in and of itself. And who knows where that will go. I have followed, I'll think of who they are. And when I do, I'll blurt it out. But so, so on your website, there is a top 10 first date conversation topics that yes. people... Yeah, that people can um, <laughs> use to think that matching sweatsuits were the peak of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was a nerd, but I'm slightly, I'm a slightly cool nerd <laughs> now. <laughs> it's called the Art of Charm, and there are two guys that help people do dating, and they have this whole um, series that you can do, and you don't have to be a guy to do it, but this this series, like these steps that you do. Um, and with videos and you post them on their group and people give you feedback for when you're just really awkward and, you know, meeting that 
self. Yeah, anyway, you should look them up. That's really oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. So with shit you need to know, but the podcast, what are the topics that that get the most exposure or comments? What do people gravitate towards? Have you figured some of that out yet? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, what things people grat? Uh, okay, people tend to graduate. Uh, towards the realistic things. So my top episode is a real estate episode, actually, like how to buy a house, how to do that stuff. Um, people also loved the millennial finance episode, how to, you know, save, get out of debt and stuff. And I have a really good one coming up and it's finance for couples. And I think people will love that too. Um, but then my next popular one is actually confidence. So like how to be a more confident person, what you can do to sort of like you know, up-level your life, basically. Uh, so I think people really like the things that they can put into action. I have one on tattoos that I thought would be really fun. Uh, not so much. People also don't like the body positivity episode um, because I think that's probably a trigger for a lot of people. So it's it's such a fun game trying to figure out what people will listen to. Um, I actually had a podcast on like weed and like what do you need to know about smoking weed? Um, and that did actually pretty well too. So it's a crapshoot. I think millennials have so many varied interests and my hope is to catch them all, um, to capture them all, but I, I don't even know if that's possible at this point. So I'm just having fun with it and making sure people, you know, learn, learn a little something about their life. I would have thought that weed and body positivity would have done really well in finance. wouldn't have. I'm actually a little relieved right now. <laughs> well, it's funny. And I was so excited for the body positivity episode because I had a local burlesque dancer on and she was like talking about burlesque and stuff. And it was so cool. I'm like, I'm learning so much from this. And this was right around the time that I realized that I had the same measurements as this plus size model. Um, so it was, it was very interesting to see that, but you know, not everyone's going to like everything and that's okay too. Actually, that's like, that's a huge thing when no matter what, if you're writing, when you're putting stuff out there, you're not going to um, meet the needs of everyone and you're not going to jive with everyone and it doesn't matter. That's not yeah. what you're there for. You'd kill yourself. Go back and tell me a little bit more with the anxiety in college. What things you said therapy was huge. What about it helped the most or a lot or what tools and tricks did you like dive yeah. into that? So I think the biggest thing about therapy for me was just having someone to talk to because I would talk to my boyfriend at the time and I was like, you know, I'm not feeling that good. Like, what's up with me? Like, I don't know. And he couldn't understand it. I didn't want to talk to any of my friends at college. Well, because I didn't have any because I wasn't making any, um, which just compounds onto your anxiety, really. Um, it's, it's because of like, coming from a high school background where I was good at things like I was you know, I had lots of friends, I did well in school, and then flipping that switch immediately to college where you're like, you know, fuck, I'm just sort of like middle to average and in, in, in with everyone, which is, I'm very interested to see how people in Ivy Leagues do because I've heard that that is just a hellish environment because everyone's good. But anyways, um, I, I think that 
what helped with therapy was talking to people who understood. I ended up doing a group therapy program my last year of college with other women. And that was like so fun. And I wish I was still in touch with them um, because we all were sort of dealing with the same thing. And that made me realize, oh, I'm not alone. Like people go through this every day. Um, and I think that was like probably the biggest thing. Like I can talk to people about this. I don't have to feel ashamed and other people are having the same experiences. Did you think that you were alone and just overwhelmed with that? Oh, a hundred percent. I did not go to parties and everyone else around me was going to parties and I was like, well, what's wrong with me? But I And I felt that I didn't have anyone to talk to because I was that, you know, weird kid that wasn't making any friends. And But it turns out that a lot of people were, they just were hiding it in different ways. And like maybe they would go out and binge drink for a weekend. That would be their way of dealing with it. Mine was just, you know, let's, you know, go into the shell and like be protected by my shell. Um, that's something that I did. So yeah, but I totally felt alone, which is so sad. Like, that's my goal also for this podcast. I do have an anxiety episode, and I next week I'm having a therapist come on and talk. And I think that, you know, if I if the hill that I want to die on is that mental health is not something to be ashamed about, and if you need help, it should be free or really accessible for everyone. Um, because that is a really big thing that I hear like, Oh, I feel alone. Like my life may look great on Instagram, but I'm actually dealing with anxiety or like, Oh, I take medication, but it's not something I want to share because I remember when my parents found out that I took, um, you know, antidepressants, my dad was like, just exercise more. I'm like, no, that's not what it is. That's so wrong. Um, and I know people have experienced similar things. And I'm just getting fired up about, you know, him saying that. But it's really all about, like, coming, you know, almost, like, clean with yourself. Like, be okay that this is something with you suffer that you suffer where, with. Because I find the more that you're open about it, people will come out of the woodwork and tell you, I've felt the same and that's a great thing about the podcast with anything that you talk about is that it gives people an opportunity to say oh, i i didn't know where i was there yeah and i sure. ask that question specifically because i think that most people who are going through that stuff that freshman year of college feeling all alone anxiety or depression um most people do feel alone and that is the saddest thing because it's the last time that you want to feel that way you know, it's like the worst time for you to feel that way. And most people do. So did she teach you to reach out to people? What did you do to bridge the gap between feeling alone and not having friends and yeah, doing better? Um, I think it was really sort of like force. Like I, I had, and this is maybe not a great answer, but I had to force myself to do these things. Like it was a lot of inner work. So once I, you know, got the anxiety under control and I made maybe one or two friends here and there, like I would reach out to, you know, my roommate, for example, my freshman year roommate was my first real friend in college. And if I didn't have her, I would probably not have any friends. So she introduced me to other people. Like other people in our hallway that I had missed out. And so I became friends with them. And once I 
was like myself and comfortable with myself. I think that's another big thing that therapy can help you do is that it can teach you to be comfortable with who you are and living with anxiety is not something to stop you. It's just something that, you know, okay, it's like a, it's like a bad knee, right? Like you don't have to be ashamed that you can't run on a treadmill. You don't have to be ashamed that, you know, you got the short stick when it came to feeling positive all the time. So I think being myself and realizing that, oh yeah, like I'm actually a cool person. Um, not to toot my own horn, but I think I am pretty interesting. So once I realize that and I let people know like, okay, yep, it's okay to come into my circle and it's okay to learn more about me. I found that people were really accepting. I mean, I generally believe that humans are nice people. Um, and, you know, it just takes one person. It just takes one person to reach out to you and like, like, like you and have a good time. So I think that's what really helped was learning how to be okay with myself. That is awesome. What happened, just to kind of tie up this as a loose end, what happened with the depression medication? Uh, I'm still on it. Uh, I think it's something that I would like to get you get like to get off eventually. And I tried for a little bit, but right now I'm just riding it out. I think right now I'm sort of going through a pretty stressful time in my life, starting a new relationship um, and then building this podcast and not liking my job. I just think those three things are just sort of a cocktail for me of stress. Um, and I would love to get to a place where I'm stress-free, but I don't know if that ever happened. So right now I'm just dealing with it. It's not that expensive to, you know, pick up from the pharmacy every month. So I'm okay with it. It's, I wasn't okay with it because it made me gain weight, but I got on a different one that's better. So I think it just takes time to figure out what works for you. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with it. I wasn't sure if you were able to, wean off it or that was a thing of the past or it was something that just still helped and either there's no right answer or wrong answer yeah, for that so for sure okay so thank you for sharing that too and being honest about it and I loved that you were talking about um once you realize you're pretty cool and other people like you I mean people are gonna like you or not so you might as well be yourself and you'll have very genuine friends and then is there anything on your website you say, sorry, I keep laughing, but there's no other way to put this. <laughs> okay. You ever ask yourself what the fuck is going on? Yes, yeah. <laughs> every day. So there's this overwhelm. How do you manage the overwhelm and sort it out into topics and then learn about it? Because you have to do that before you can put it on the podcast or talk to somebody else. And you're talking politics, friends, money, relationships, family, environment, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you choose the subject matter and stay out of that overwhelm? Yeah, I think that's a good question, but I don't know if I have a good answer to that. I think I sort of just pick what's interesting to me at the moment. Um, like I find interesting people on Instagram or on Facebook groups. I'm like, okay, I think millennials would like that. I have some friends that know I would like that. And I sort of think about like my ideal listener and my ideal client and what they would like. So because my ideal client is really myself, I'm making this podcast for myself as much as I am other people my age. So if I find something interesting, I'm like, cool, that sounds good. Let's do it. Um, 
like I had, and sometimes I'll get pushback. I was talking to a friend and I was like, oh, like I have someone coming on to talk about abortion. And it was a very well done interview. It's not out yet, but she was so like great about it. And she's like, it was very matter of fact and it wasn't political at all. It was very neutral. And she's like, well, I think that's too much. People will be triggered by that. I'm like, cool. Then you don't have to listen. My point is not for everyone to listen. It's for people to, you know, take what they need and leave the rest, I guess, because some of the, you know, podcasts I listen to, I listen to weird podcasts like Game of Thrones podcasts, but I listen to those for a very specific reason. Um, But this one is sort of like, you know, I'm think of me as like a college professor. Like I'm teaching you some skills that maybe you didn't get in real life, but I'm not going to expect you to retain all the information. Just take what you need so you can, you know, feel good about yourself and be informed and entertained. Cause at the, at the end of the day, that's my goal. That is awesome. Now on the freebies, the dating help, <laughs> I still yeah. just freaking love that. The dating help is the thing that you have there to build up so people can get your 10 cover. Usually I go on people's websites and get it. That would have been a little yeah. weird for me to have downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> but I also didn't, I didn't see it fast enough or I would have been all over it. Um, how many people are interacting in that and how big of a deal is that in the millennial life? Well, so not as many people as I would like, unfortunately. I think I need to do a little bit better job of promoting it. But I do have, I've had some people download it. Um, but I think it's it's so important in the millennial life because conversation is kind of a lost art for some millennials. Like Like you said, like we talked about at the beginning, we've been on our phones the whole time. Some people, and I've been on dates with these people, pull out their phone and start texting. I'm like... No, like you can't do that. That's like a no-no. And so I think that they just don't really understand. So this freebie comes in, gives you 10 questions and just, you know, have fun with it. Because the point of, you know, having a conversation on these first dates is to really like see if you want a second date. It's not to see if this person is going to be the one you marry, the one you settle down with, if that's the goal. It's to just get to know them, have fun, and see if you would like to hang out again. So the questions that I ask or that are on the freebie are very fun questions, but I also think that the way you ask them is important because you can get more meaning from that. So one of my favorite questions on there is, would you bring a friend Taco Bell or insert any fast food chain? And so I ask that because... I was having my, I think it was like my 23rd birthday party. I was at a distillery and I was so hungry. So I texted my friend and I was like, hey dude, can you bring me Taco Bell? Not expecting at all that he would bring me it, but he did. He came through and it was awesome. And so asking that on a date, I think is super interesting because you can find out if that person, you know, would do that for your, do that for their friends. And I think that's important value too, right? Like having a good sense of community, you know, being loyal to your friends. So I think bringing it back, conversation is very nuanced and asking these questions that maybe are fun, maybe are a little silly, can tell you more about a person than, you know, if you ask on the first date, hey, tell me about your values. Like, you can't do that because that's a really 
deep question that a lot of people aren't going to know how to answer. So I, the questions are to have fun and to learn a little bit about your partner and just to roll with it. Because I think, you know, you can ask what you want and you could get the same results or you could ask what I tell you to ask and have a lot more fun. <laughs> it's interesting. And I'm glad I was trying to get to this point for this reason that conversations are so difficult. I think it's, I think, I think it is a lost art and even it doesn't matter what generation you are now that we're all used to having phones and instant access to all of this information and all of these people from everywhere, you can stand in line at Starbucks and everyone is just face down into their phone. And it feels to me like this desperate attempt to connect. But if you just looked up, and had a conversation, the connection would be, it's all around you. You don't need to be online to connect with people, but somehow it's easier. And part of that is because it's a little distance. So you're, you're not putting yourself out there the same that you would to the person standing in line next to you. Totally not. I think, and I, and honestly, I am that person sometimes. Sometimes I don't want to talk to people, but when I want to talk to people, I want to talk to people. I want you to tell me your life secrets. I want you to tell me something that no one else knows about you. Um, that's a little intense for some people. Shout out to my boyfriend for rolling with it. <laughs> but, Is that one of the questions you asked him first? No, no. I, I mean, I would have to think about that. I think I made the freebie after we started dating. Um, no, but I did tell him. I was like, since because I, I told him about the podcast, I was like, oh yeah, I can expense this. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, this is actually a business dinner for me. So I know that was really bad. Um, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, why did you even agree to go on a second date with me? But I'm not perfect, but I've been around a few times, so I know what works. <laughs> that is awesome. It is a lost art and it's really, I mean, it's nerve wracking to have conversations no matter what generation you are. It can be an introvert or extrovert, but now I think you guys have completely lost how to do it. I, so I think this is fantastic and I hope you take it and run with it with that love of entrepreneurial just in you from that uh, college class and then just the putting out the shit you need to know. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so what would you, what piece of advice would you give someone um, of your millennials, if you had to just give them one tidbit to help them through their day, what would one of the biggest things be? Hot tip that is a great question i think the piece of advice that i would give millennials who feel a little bit lost is that hmm, how do i want to phrase this okay i think the piece of advice that i want to give millennials that are feeling a little bit lost or maybe they're not even lost is that at one point in time you will ask yourself the question am i good enough Am I good enough to get this job? Am I good enough to be in this relationship? Am I a good enough partner? Am I a good enough friend? And that will repeat on and on if you don't stop it. So I think the piece of advice that I want to give is that tell yourself that you are enough because there are, you know, your parents, other generations, your boss may be beaten down on you like, nope, you're not good enough. But you are. You are so good enough to be who you want to be, to be you know, this beautiful person that you were created to be. Um, I think it's just, you know, who you are as an individual is so powerful. And I think if you really own that and, you know, don't ask yourself, am I good enough? 
like tell yourself I am good enough. I think that switch in language will be such a huge difference and will empower millennials to take charge of their life and, you know, start the business that they want to start. Talk to that guy in the coffee shop. It'll work out because I think, um, sometimes I ask, I, you know, I tell myself that like, Oh, I'm not good enough. But then I realize, Oh, I'm actually doing all these really cool things. I am good enough. So I think just don't get trapped up in your mind with all these thoughts and you will be ahead of many other people in the game. Yes. That is such a great place to end. Martha, thank you so much. This was really fun. I had a good time too. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to get naked with us. If you'd like to bear it all with me, get in touch. Your story is unique and valuable. Let's show it off.